Hello and welcome back to the Claret Blue podcast. Today we have the pleasure of being joined by Will Palaszczuk and we will be speaking about Dean Smith, Charlotte FC, everything that Dean's been doing in the USA for the last three months or so. So we are going to be catching up with Dean Smith, not literally, but I think we have the second best thing, right? Um, talking to Charlotte FC commentator Will Palaszczuk. So firstly, Will, thanks for coming on and how are you, mate? Not bad, John. Thank you so much for uh, the interest and uh Always good to get another Villa man involved. Uh, we, we seem to have a couple of them uh, budding all here in, ar- in and around Charlotte. We'll start with Charlotte FC. So, as we mentioned kind of off air, it's a relatively new MLS franchise. You started only a few years ago, but it must be very exciting at the moment because, as I say, it's 2022, I think, that you started. 2022 was the first game, and, and honestly, uh, COVID kind of pushed it back. Uh, the actual genesis of this team came uh, in the winter of 2019. It was a project that was started by uh, the ownership of the NFL franchise here, the Carolina Panthers. They had kind of put forth the burgeoning effort to try and get the team here. And initially, they were supposed to start play in 2021, but then uh, the events of early 2020 happened. And as a result, you know, communications and all the kinds of things that you need to try to build a team uh, kind of slowed things down. So MLS, in their infinite wisdom, decided to push it back a year. And honestly, even with that pushback, building a roster, getting a coach and all the things that are unique to what an expansion club has to have happen, it was very, very difficult. Uh, there were things, even difficulties trying to get players visas, our, our first big designated player didn't get his visa in time for the opening contest and he had been signed about a month or two in advance so it was a scenario where I feel like there was a lot of uh, crawling before you could walk uh, from the time that they started the franchise but now kind of going into year three you've got a built-in fan base you've got ambition and uh, now with Dean Smith I feel like you have a manager who brings a lot of professionalism and he brings a very unique and I would say newness kind of vibe to him in terms of the way that he has come out and started running things. Those who cover the team closely like I do and and those who have not only watched the first team but also watched Crown Legacy a year ago, they know that there's ascending talent. And the one thing that Dean has said uh, since the preseason is that our message and our charge is to be tough to beat. And you definitely saw the first fruits of that in the preseason. Charlotte went to a tournament out in California. All MLS teams involved did not concede a goal, did not get beaten. And when you think about that type of defensive organization, it's something that we severely lacked a year ago. It was more zonal marking. It wasn't necessarily man marking like this team had a year ago. And the thing that he said very interestingly in his Thursday message to the media was that he's all about the ball whether it's acquiring it, whether it's taking care of it, whether it's shooting it, uh, the way that he approaches defense is that it's not around the man. It's around where the ball is, and the defense flows to the ball and cuts off the attacking spaces so that there were so many times last night when New York was trying to break Charlotte FC down, and they just had to back pass it because they took away all the channels because of the way the defense was flowing with the ball. And so, honestly, you know, you don't want to take too much out of one result, but I think it at least gave people some pause who might have thought, oh my goodness, Charlotte's looking to try and maybe be at the wooden spoon uh, with a couple of potential winnable matches up against them here. They have to go on the road for three in a row. they got to play two in Canada, Vancouver and Toronto, before heading to Nashville, which is a tough place to play, one of the tougher environments in the league to play at. But if Charlotte can maybe get a couple of points out of these two Canadian matches, maybe you can maybe see the worm turn for some of the national pundits.
pundits, and they might give Charlotte a bit more of a chance. Something that's been shared virally on social media a lot. It always gives me goosebumps. Uh, the national anthem is played at our stadium, and the entire uh, congregation sings the anthem too because of what happened during our first game. The anthem's microphone actually cut out uh, after the first line, and so the fans took up for singing the anthem after uh, the mic cut out, and it's something that we've done in every part of uh, our games since then. And it's just constant energy, constant din, and uh, got a goal early, eighth minute uh, from Adilson Melanda, who was able to uh, sneak in from his center-back position and get a goal off of a set piece. And I think from Dean's perspective, he's tried to make things very simple. I think the, 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 our previous manager came from the Citigroup model, which you know what that model is. It's pretty passive. It's ticky-tacky. It's trying to basically dribble the ball into the goal and uh, score the pretty pretty goals, whereas Dean has become a lot more, and I know the word sometimes when, when people use the word pragmatic, sometimes it's almost used as an insult uh, because people look at that and you say, oh my goodness, he's being pragmatic. It doesn't mean he's being aggressive. Well, it's not necessarily the way Dean puts it. It's more about trying to make it simple and, and put it more on the man. Like, you know, don't go where outside of where you're supposed to be but if you get the ball you know it's temp it's simple uh, you take the shot you score it one of my favorite things i've heard him say is that don't make a good chance better and i think that's something that was emblematic of Charlotte FC's first goal is that, hey, you know, Yuri Tavares had an opportunity. He didn't try to take one touch on it. He took the header first time. And then Dilson Milanda followed it up with a, a header in uh, right on the crossbar. So it, it's become real great to see how this group has evolved. And I think, you know, we don't usually think about it this way, but I think Charlotte's most impactful transfer acquisition has been and maybe even will be the head coach because he's getting more out of these guys than yes. the previous two managers got out of a lot of these players. Yeah. And how exciting was it then for Dane Smith's first game? There must have been a lot of excitement outside. I always see um, a lot of drums, whistles, like mm -hmm. big fan gatherings outside the stadium. Like to have 62,000, that's quite something. It, it's great. Um, the supporter section, like I said, there's about five main groups that are that make up that that's that area behind uh the west goal uh, and it's general admission seating so they they basically uh have like two sections that flank the middle one the middle one has got a bunch of people who will march in from yeah. the supporters tailgate which again is a a mostly american thing uh, it's something that we had borrowed from uh really the college football college american football uh and the nfl uh NFL cultures and it's kind of a melding of those type of things but they've got basically a parking lot that the team basically kind of took over and repurposed as kind of almost a uh, an area where they all congregate they're there I think as early as four and a half hours before the game so they're already kind of getting themselves uh ready as you would say uh but maybe a little bit of adult beverages and uh and trying to get themselves hyped up and like i said there's there's drums there's whistles there's all kinds of stuff when you uh come in they didn't have the flags last night because we had a lot of wind we had about a 20 to 25 mile an hour wind gust last night so uh those weren't flowing as much as they had been there was also going to be a tifo but uh, they also kind of nixed that because of the wind hopefully we get a chance to see that for our next home contest but it's uh it's incredibly infectious and you know we have an opportunity to always kind of see them before the game uh, out there and and they really try to be an active participant when it comes to uh their role in the game you've got two uh people who kind of sit down on the field and lead the chance as well which is really really cool and it's something that's kind of 
uniquely American uh, that you look at and you say, oh my goodness, it's uh, it, it's an active thing from the fans. Has Smith said anything about the fans or the experience he's had so far in terms of, I mean, it must be quite a different, you know, as I say, atmosphere experience from Premier League games to American games or USA games. Um, but having that many fans, like that, that really did kind of blow me away because I thought, well, if this team has only been made like a few years ago, to have that base of support already, and it's very active, as you're saying, it's it's almost like a big um, celebration, like every game. It's it's very unique, and I had a chance actually uh, to go across the pond myself and and take in a Tottenham contest. Uh, I I am a very unfortunately suffering Tottenham Hotspur fan, so uh, that that is my scourge. That's my cross to bear uniquely, but. Uh, I got to see them play uh, Bournemouth on uh, the 31st of December. And uh, I don't know if it was the festive fixture, early game, Sunday, whatever it was. But, you know, I'm, th- I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, OK, you know, where's where's the the Poznan? Where's like something that I can do that's like yeah, something yeah. like we have in our in our building? And it's a lot more proper. I would say that it's a, a, not that they don't get loud when there's a goal scored. I mean, uh, Tottenham scored three. So there's plenty of opportunities to get crazy and get loud. But I do feel like there are times where like we have the ability with the way that our American soccer culture is to, to kind of have things that maybe they don't have across the pond. And I'm not trying to say that they're better or worse. I just think it's, it's different. And there's a lot of South American and uh, Mexican influence as well and Central American influences. So, uh, it's very much a melting pot. That's the one thing that I think is really great about our sport here is that, you know, you go to other professional sports games in our in our country it, and it's people who you would expect to be at those games, you know. Yeah. But I think the real great thing about our our game is that it's multicultural. It's family oriented. Like that's the other thing too. I, I, one of the things actually that Ashley Westwood's wife said to me, uh, we were out in an event, uh, honoring one of the other players. Uh, she said, you know, it's an event that I can take my family to and, and not be, you know, worried that something's going to happen or whatever. It, it's, it's very safe atmosphere. And I think too, it's just, it brings people together and, I really love what it's done for our city. Uh, I still think it's, and and I know I'm biased, but I think it's the best environment we have in the city. And that includes an NFL team and an NBA team that, that predate this team by at least 20, 25 years. Soccer is here to stay in this city. And uh, it's something that I think the city is very proud that they have. Yeah. What you mentioned there is like a melting pot, different cultures. I I noticed there's a lot of like different um, costumes, masks from the videos Mm -hmm. and photos I saw as well. I thought that was quite cool. We, we got one, we got one dude, uh, our guy Chico, uh, he's nicknamed La Muerte, and this yeah. this guy is literally at every one of our matches, home and away. Uh, there was one I forget where it might have been one of the LA games uh, we had in our first two seasons, where you know they were trying to get like a GoFundMe together to try and get him to Los Angeles uh, because you know, <laughs> unfortunately, and something I I found out the hard way is that in your country. It is so easy to get from country to country, whereas here in this yeah. country, you try to go across the country, you are uh, you're dipping into your pocket for more quid yeah. than you want to par- part with. So, uh, as a result, uh, they tried very hard to kind of get him to one of those games, and uh, they they were successful. So it, it's there's a lot of like you said, multicultural influence. Uh, some of the basically, you know, all five of the supporters sections that are the main ones. 
have different characteristics to them. Um, there's Mint City Collective, which is kind of the biggest one. That's one that was an offshoot of the main uh, NFL supporter group, which is called the Roaring Riot. Uh, there's one that's uh, South Carolina-based because Charlotte is on the border of North and South Carolina. Uh, there are two groups that are primarily Hispanic-oriented, Blue Floria, Carolina Hooligans, uh, Crown Town Syndicate, which is kind of almost like the people who didn't join Mint City Collective. They kind of started up their own group. Uh, and there's others that have started up as well uh, over the last couple of seasons. But uh, the one thing I've liked about it is that even though they all come from different uh, viewpoints, it, it does co- it does feel collegial. Like they come together, they have a council and they, you know, they speak to the team. And if there's concerns, they voice them out with a, a person who's kind of been appointed as the, uh, the fan liaison. Uh, they've got a chief fan officer, this guy, Sean McIntosh, who works for the club, but is kind of the voice of the supporters groups inside the building. And I've been at other MLS clubs. Uh, you know, I was in Houston for a couple of years and uh, also was in Atlanta with their uh, side and I've seen those relationships be somewhat fractured at times. While there might be a, a spat here or there over something trivial, for the most part, they recognize the greater goal. It's it's uniting people, it's supporting the club, and and most importantly, it's bringing the noise for 17 games uh, when they are inside Back America Stadium, and also uh, the opportunities to try to go to beyond. That's the that's the other thing too that I feel is great is that there are a lot of drivable areas with our group to be able to go to. Atlanta's about four hours away. Uh, mm-hmm. DC's a couple of hours further. Nashville's about four hours away. So those are kind of the three games we see a lot of road turn-up support. We were in Atlanta last year uh, and won our first game there uh, in two tries. And I have to tell you, we were louder than the... Uh, we, 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 our, where our booth was was right below, right above where uh, our supporters were. Yeah. I can tell you, we drowned out the home support uh, with the way that we played in that contest. And uh, I think it almost took them by surprise. What was the reaction then among supporters when Dane Smith was confirmed? Did it kind of come across as a bit of a coup? Because, you know, he was a Premier League manager only a few years ago. I think, honestly, people were surprised that somebody of his caliber was interested in an MLS club, quite honestly. Uh, The previous manager was let go after going to the playoffs, and it kind of brought a lot of people a bit of pause because it's like, oh, you, you celebrated this great achievement, but the thought was maybe they had kind of reached a ceiling under him. So I think there were a lot of people who kind of wondered, okay, you know, you can make this kind of ambitious move, but it's got to be coupled with an ambitious hire. And I think that's what Dean Smith is. Uh, I think there were some people who wanted a manager that had MLS experience. And there were a couple of those guys floating around, uh, the Caleb Porters of the world, the Gio Savarese's of the world. Bruce Serena was on the market, the former U.S. men's national team coach. But honestly, and again, I know I'm looking at this through uh, blue and black tinted glasses. I like our manager hire more than I like anybody else's hire they made during this offseason because he does bring MLS, he does bring major football experience. And I also feel like he has an appreciation for the Carolinas. That was the part I think that was almost kind of the the coup d'etat is the fact that you know his son's over here, uh, played at NC State, now plays it for the Greenville Triumph, uh, and he already had an appreciation and a, a love of the Carolinas so much so that he and his wife actually bought a place out in Myrtle Beach on the coast. So uh, he already has a familiarity with the area, and uh, I also think too. Uh, just the fact that he comes from the reputation of being a man manager and and empowering his players, uh, 
when I was over in, in, in London, I asked people as like, you know, before we had a chance to really kind of talk to him and get to know him a little bit. I was like, what do you know of Dean Smith? What do you feel like he is? And they're like, oh, you got Dean Smith. It, it brought an extra level of credibility, I think, to our side. And people looked at it and said, okay, this is a proper football man. This is a proper manager. This is somebody who is going to get the most out of his club because, you know, he's done it. You know, he did it at Brentford. He got, he did it at, at Villa, as you know, and, and, and he does it with a variety of different situations. And, and not that MLS is what we call, you know, a small budget entity, but there are some places that spend more than others. I mean, into Miami, look at what they do. And it, it's not that our owner doesn't have deep pockets, but the one thing you've come to find out is that in this league, uh, spending doesn't always lead to immediate success. And you mentioned his man management skills earlier, Will, which as Villa fans, we know about, you know, very good man manager. I read somewhere that he promised a nice bottle of red for his defenders if they kept clean sheets. I don't know if that was true or not. Was that correct? That's what he said last night. He said uh, to the defensive uh, back back line, he said, "I'll buy you a nice bottle of wine." That was the key word. He said, "A nice bottle of wine." He's not going to, you know, he's not going to give you Boone's Farm, uh, which is a, a very cheap bottle of wine from here. Uh, he said, "He'll buy you a nice bottle of wine." And uh, uh, there was a video that the uh, social media team put out there. I think he was talking to one of our center backs, Andrew Privet. He, he said. Uh, so I guess you get a bottle of wine, don't you? And so uh, he was definitely referencing it during the uh, during the post match yeah. with the players, and uh, did so with the pundits as well. Yeah, and Dean had, I think it was eighteen members of his family in the stadium. Ashley Westwood has said that it's given him like a new lease of life going over to America, and he wants to play into his forties. Do you think this is Smith's kind of long term challenge? Now he isn't just there for you know a couple of years; he can be here for. You know, he, he, this is like a project for Dean now. I think he's definitely taking some ownership on the project, and uh, having a captain like Ashley Westwood helps, doesn't it? I mean, because I feel like there's a lot of of synergy with the way that those two guys played, even though they didn't overlap at Villa. I, I think there's definitely a uh, a feeling like you've got one mind between those two guys, and I think there's a lot of uh, ability to kind of feel each of those guys intentions with what they want to do and and i i think dean has made it very very clear this is not this is not a jumping off point this is not a uh it's not a scenario for him where he's going and trying to use this as a stepping stone i feel like he he believes in this project yeah. i think that he's somebody who wants to not only win here but also set this place up for success for whoever comes next and he doesn't want whoever comes next to be coming you know right next door down the bend i think he wants to, to try and make this make this a, a home make this a place where he can stay and, and the same thing for ashley ashley i, I read the, the same comments you did we had a very uh, nice group of uh of English media who were over here uh, to do kind of a larger scope story on the world cup and uh, that coming here in the next two years. But uh, yeah. uh, one of their focuses was obviously on Dean. Another one was on Ashley and the fact that uh, you know, he's somebody who thought that he wanted to retire at age 33 and didn't feel like his uh, days of football were going to continue after a very gruesome injury. And, and he and I have talked about that too, as well. And he said, you know what? I, I basically quit rehab. I didn't think that I was going to play again. And, his wife, Rebecca, who I've got to know a little bit as well, she was incredibly encouraging and said, you know, just keep going, just keep doing it. And yeah. basically, uh, Zohar and Kornetic called up uh, Vincent Company and said, you know what, maybe uh, we can have a use for this guy if he rehabs and gets himself back and, and ready to go. And uh, to his credit, he turned up last year and uh, 
was on the pitch and on the pitch for a lot. Uh, he scored a couple of big, you know, banger goals at the end of the year last year, one that uh, was very deep in Charlotte FC's uh, run to the playoffs against Chicago. He scored another one uh, very similar to that during the preseason. So uh, he has fancied himself not just a, a bit of a shooter, but also a leader by example. And, you know, we've had per- we've, we've been very lucky with the two captains we've had because uh, we had him and we had Christian Fuchs before him. And yep. both those guys are... Uh, not only people who will lead with the voice, but they'll lead by example. And I think uh, when you're trying to start a club, when you're trying to build the culture, you need somebody who can do both. And uh, and Westy definitely does that. Super. Well, Will, you've definitely laid bare everything that Dean Smith's got ahead of him and um, you know painted the picture of his challenge as well, what he's going to be doing in the US over the next, hopefully, couple of years and lots of success to follow for Charlotte, hopefully. So thank you for coming on and sharing your thoughts. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Uh, love to join you back anytime. Absolutely, yeah. This this should be like a, every couple of months we should do a Dean check-in with Will. I think that's probably... What we have to do is we have to get you over for a match now is what we really have to do. Yeah, I'd be more than happy. <laughs>